tell your friends, the Mark and Max show is back and better than ever. Are you ready? LifeRadio.fm. The Mark and Max show out of the saddle and into the... You know what? That sounds like such a stupid thing to say. Out of the, out of the saddle? We've been know. bucked off the horse. It's, you know what? Remember the curly shuffle? Yes. Jumping the saddle? Woo-hoo. There you go. Yes. Yeah. What a great, great Three Stooges. You know, the Three Stooges, if you actually turn the sound off, mm. are really boring and yes. violent. It's just um, dumb. Yes. Yeah. But you watch Laurel and Hardy, and there you've got some soft comedy. But yes, you do. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm beginning to really regret the fact that you, I had a, a gift one time from a listener many, many years ago. I was talking about the Three Stooges. I like the Three Stooges. I like the idea of the Three Stooges, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they were huge, and they got ripped off so bad. Yeah, they They did. got yeah. ripped off so bad. And I like the idea of Ted Healy. And anyway, the history of the Three Stooges is fascinating to me. And uh, I got this gift, and it was, a, back in the day, a VHS collection of Three Stooges stuff. Uh. And it was like all of them. And while I, I was really appreciative of it, okay, but enjoying the history of something and enjoying the the actual work are two totally different things, you know? <laughs> so very true. Yeah. Anyway, wow. I hope whoever ended up buying those at the thrift store enjoyed them, you know, because <laughs> <laughs> after I got past my hoarder phase, they were gone. <laughs> well, wow. <laughs> oh man. I remember, All right, so my, I remember being fussed at like, my mom mm-hmm. fussed at me for watching the Stooges. Yeah. Yeah. It's just well, it's see, just dumb and they're violent and they're yeah, yeah that's the point. But girl, okay, but <laughs> girls don't get it. That's the thing. That's the thing. Girls, yeah. Guys look at it and yeah. go, I think I could hit three people with one slap. <laughs> Women are going, they're in black and white and they're stupid and violent and mean. Stop. <laughs> and the comedy. I mean, who writes things like, Hey, wake up and go to sleep. But you know, <laughs> LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Max show with, you know what? We have great music all day long that uh, Mark created the soundtrack for your life. And I thought so many times, you know, in the middle of the day or whatever, you can get into a bad mood. You, I mean, and I, I when I say you, I'm talking about the general you. I'm not pointing mm. my finger at Mark. Yeah. But generally speaking, I'm one of those people. I can talk myself into a bad mood <laughs> for no reason. Yeah. For no reason. And I'll be by myself, and the only person I'm going to get mad at is looking back at me in the mirror going, what is wrong with you? <laughs> but I noticed, you know, when I when I actually do listen to Christian music, it does change my attitude. It oh, gets yeah. me thinking the way I need to be thinking. Yeah. And the, what, the, when I say need, it's not like uh, eating vegetables. Right. It's like this need that makes me, it, it works for me in a big way, and mm-hmm. that's why we appreciate you guys listening, and hopefully you're sharing it with a friend. And a couple of minutes ago when we were talking about KFC and right. I really drifted. I don't even know where I went, <laughs> Well, but I am you... back now. My, my, ship, my ship is close to the shore so that we can actually tell you that KFC is selling some weird Princess Diana stuff. And Mark, yeah. I thought she died years ago. I well, don't know what's going on. The thing is there, this, there's this movie called Spencer and KFC yeah. is doing a tie-in thing with the movie oh. Spencer. That's what this is all about. I thought that was like Spencer for hire. Oh, yeah. That, about yeah Diana. You hold on to that one. 
Uh. And this is the not the first time this has happened. I mean, if you think back, you'll remember all kinds of examples of weird movie tie-ins from fast food chains. Burger King had that jet black Darth Vader burger not too long back. Uh, Denny's uh, <laughs> Denny's actually had a culinary tribute to the literary works of J.R.R. Tolkien, the you know the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit guy, uh, and of course. Then there's 7-Eleven's partnership with Sherlock Holmes, despite the fact that the great detective would most likely use the power of deduction to avoid their sausage, egg, and cheese breakfast (laughs) at all costs. (laughs) But now we may just have gotten the oddest example of this trend thanks to KFC. Now... The once we, there was once before the the KFC teamed up with the James Bond franchise to sell the world's most hideous neckties. I don't know if you knew that, but they did for a while. Now the fried chicken brand is offering a product inspired by Spencer, this recently released art house drama starring uh, Kristen Stewart as Princess Diana. Diana okay. takes her children to a Kentucky Fried Chicken at one point in the movie. <laughs> she does, and, and amazingly, this scenario isn't entirely an invention of the film. Although in real life, Diana took her kids to McDonald's, not KFC. Ah, yeah. really? <clears throat> yes, she did. Bless. Well, mm, surprised they survived. So, to to capitalize on their historically inaccurate presence in this acclaimed new movie, KFC is selling a replica of one of Diana's famous sweaters. The sweater had uh, had sheep, a pattern of sheep, all over it. But the one KFC is selling looks just like that one, except those aren't sheep. They're chickens. <laughs> wow. Ay, 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 man. This is, there's something really wrong with all of this. There really is. Wow. Oh, my word. I, I'd like to take the day off, ma'am. Can I just go back home and go back to bed? Really? <laughs> LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show. And hey, by the way, we have not talked a lot about the Kyle Rittenhouse case, but no. wanted you guys to know, be praying for the people in Kenosha and surrounding mm. areas and around the country yeah. where so many people have taken, this is a case that has become really politicized. It was politicized at the very beginning. It continues to be politicized to this day. And no matter what happens, there's going to be violence. Yeah. And the sad reality is because our media, um, because our media doesn't do its job, you know, it, it's bothersome. Mark and I both grew up in a time in radio, by the way, both of us started when we were young. And even then there were things in the media that frustrated some of the old guard, you mm-hmm. know, the people I learned yeah. from yeah. and they warned, I remember them warning me about my own opinion about things and how that was not what this was for, you know, that. When you read the news, when you because we had to read the news at the top of every hour, yeah, yeah, and I didn't even know what I didn't know what liberal conservative I didn't know any of that because I was I was a kid I was fourteen, and I learned it, yeah. But you know, Mark, we, I'm sure you were told the same thing that you keep your opinions to yourself. You right. just do the news. People are smart; they'll figure it out, right? And now it's like we have a generation of broadcasters. Uh, we have those who were always liberal and just really leaned into it. And the younger people coming into it in the last 30 years, they have grown up watching. I hate to say that, you know, Jerry Riviera is a, is a journalist. Okay. Mm. Newsman, but he's a newsman who became a star by 
putting his opinion out there yeah. and yeah. stamping every news story with his opinion. And so we've got people who claim to be news people, journalists, who they're really nothing more than opinion makers. True. And that's fine. It's just there's a difference. Mark and I don't do this show claiming to be news people. No. It's not what we claim. And it is our out. You can't say, well, I disagree with you. Well, that's fine. I mean, you can disagree yeah. all you want. Whereas a news person says, hey, I'm just sharing the news with you. Right. You know, yeah. that's all I'm doing. And this Rittenhouse thing, you've watched the coverage and you know, mm -hmm. no matter what, no matter what happens, because of the way the media has presented this. And by the way, the way the media has lied, they've actually lied on radio and TV talk shows. They've lied about this case since the day it began. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There will be violence in the streets because of what some politicians have said. Yeah. What media people have said. There will be people could really get hurt. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be that way. It's a sad thing. Ever since, I mean, like the day after this all happened, there's been cell phone video available online. You could watch the video of things that happened and understand and get a pretty clear idea. Within 24 to 48 hours, you could get a pretty cl clear idea of what transpired. Not every mm -hmm. little detail. We have a lot more detail yeah. now than we did then, but all of that detail has come to support what the, the rough idea was at the time. Right. And that was <clears throat> a guy, whether wise or not, got involved in a situation in Kenosha uh, carrying a gun and he was, he, he saw himself as, as there to, to defend the community where most of his family lives, even though he lives across the state line and, you know, and he doesn't live yeah. in that state or in that town. He's, he's 20 minutes away or yeah. the, the argument is 17, matter. 17 to 21 miles away. So, but he's, he's just a few minutes away and his family, most of his family lives there and he kind of sees that as his community. So he's there to help, you know, keep people from burning down businesses in a place he cares about. And, and he got into it with some people who chased him down, threatened him, pointed weapons at him, beat on him with a skateboard. And he was, while he was laying on the ground, by the way, unable to run away. And he defended himself. And that was pretty much, you could get that picture in the first 48 hours. Mm -hmm. But the people who don't want to see it that way have twisted and bent that story to where now you think this guy was a white supremacist and he killed two black men. Yeah. Here's the thing. And there were no black white, people involved. Right. None. And the only person who was behaving as a white supremacist was one of the people who was shot, who kept screaming the N-word. Yeah. It was a bizarre situation. And if you haven't actually spent some time looking at what's actually happened, you would think that this white kid was a white supremacist out looking for black people to kill. That's the picture they've mm -hmm. been trying to paint. And so now yeah. we have BLM in Kenosha there to intimidate people. And I told you about this earlier. This is my favorite thing I've seen so far. There's a woman on the courthouse steps with a sign that says BLM is here to intimidate. And all around her, there's BLM members with bullhorns intimidating her. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, yeah. but you get the wrong idea just based on the TV coverage. You have to do a little further digging. LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show. And uh, Mark is really uh, hung up on this Britney Spears thing. And uh, I'm, <laughs> you know, Mark, it's been an interesting That's thing an interesting to watch. interesting twist on what I said to you. <laughs> I know. 
Well, we both have been seeing these headlines about Britney, right? The whole free Britney movement thing. Yeah. And, and Mark asked me, he said, hey, did you see this? And I'm like, yeah, I saw the headline. I didn't read the article. Well, I neither mean, did I. It's like Britney Spears wants to have a baby. Britney right. Spears. Yeah. It's like every day. And so you said there was you, uh, there was a. Uh, yeah, it's she something, thanked everybody. She thanked the for the free Britney movement okay. for getting her out of her basically being imprisoned for all these years. Yeah. Well, you know, when <laughs> Mark, when she was spiraling out of control, that yeah. led to the conservatorship. Yeah. You know, I, I I remember at the time it was seemed like Britney Spears and Lindsay Lohan and a number of you know a number of young women who had be, been stars in their early teen years. You know. The, the wheels came off the bus, mm. you know, yeah. for each of them. But I, and I think I said it at the time to my, probably my wife, so many young people lose their cookies when they go off to college in their late teens and early twenties. Mm-hmm. And they, they make some decisions that sometimes have lifelong consequences, you know, and, but they don't do it with a photographer following them around. They right, don't have paparazzi. Yeah. yeah. And you know, that's, you get a chance to live your life. And, and by the way, you can lose an entire circle of friends because of your behavior during those years. True. But then you rebuild your life and, you know, you just occasionally at a reunion will hear, yeah, Dave, you remember when, you know, it, it's, I remember one time you got that cocoa puff shoved up your nose, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> right. Yeah. But for them, it's all over the media because mm. they're multimillionaires and they're famous and all that. And, right. you know, it, you look at her life when they put the conservatorship in, things were not going well for her. And, in the time since then, it seems like um, she has gotten better because we haven't had a lot of stories about her. But it always bothered me, Mark, that while they were doing this conservatorship for her own benefit and controlling a lot, all the private aspects of her life, it seemed mm. that they were actually still getting her up on stage to perform. Mm. Because I would think if you're not mentally healthy enough, you know, to handle your life, that you ought not be performing. Yeah. Because where's the money going? Who's got control of it? And if that's the case, Mark, if you were in charge of me and people paid to see me and you, you know, you were in total control because I was nuts. And it's like the judge says, yeah, Dave's nuts. Mark, you're in charge and you can get me enough, get me up on stage to make money. And then you take the money and keep it because, well, you earned it. You know, I, that's what bothers me. It mm. just seemed like she was not in control, but, they had her marching out on stage mm. and doing her thing like yeah. a robot girl. She was her, their means of income. Right. I, yeah. that, thank you. That was yeah. what I was trying to get at. Yeah. And that didn't seem right to my, to me, but no, you know. no. It, and it's not. Okay. It's so not. I wasn't wrong in thinking that. No, I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so at all. But the, the, okay. the thing I was telling you though, is that, that it's just like, yeah. okay, so now she's out from under that and right. she's been underneath that, that for so long. And, that something it's funny that you said you said something about back when she was 12 years old she got into something and that that's where she's stuck now you know and what if what if she goes back to that yeah that behavior now that the pressure is off now that the you know this covering is not there if she goes back to that how long will it be before we see the first story about a drunk britney or you know yeah. something like that because we remember you know we remember when she she grabbed the clippers at the hair salon and shaved her head you know, yep. you know why that was though? Uh, I know you told me, but I don't remember why. Um, well, they, she was in a custody battle with, uh, Kevin Federline and, uh, knowing that there were accusations of drug abuse. Mm. Well, it's one thing to go and have to take 
a test, you know, a blood test or urinalysis. Yeah. But if you take drugs, the remnants show up in your hair follicles. Right. And so she, she shaved her head to get rid of any evidence of past drug use. Wow. And, and, you know, and bless her heart. You know, it's like, I'm thinking that might've been the moment that actually saved her life at the time. It seemed really damaging, but I think the conservatorship probably saved her life. Oh, probably did. Yeah. And now at this stage of the game, um, she wants her life back, and I mm. get that. Yeah, but the thing you know, is, she's thirty nine years old. I had to look it up. Is she a different person now? That's the thing. Is she the same person she was when she went into the conservatorship, or no is, or is she a different? You know, see what I mean? Yeah. I mean, has yeah. has something actually happened deep down inside that has to happen deep down inside for that person not to come back and to run her life? You know? Yeah. And um, really, the only way that can happen is for you. Well, it. I will say this. I was going to say the only way that can happen is with Jesus. And that's not actually true. Right. You know, that's not actually true in the eternal sense. That is true. But in yes. the, in the temporal sense, you can have that moment of clarity and realize I'm destroying myself and everything around me. I've got to change. And right. that, that can happen. So hopefully yep. that has happened for her. I hope. Yeah. But if it hasn't, well, mm. she'll be 40 in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, December 2nd. And the thing is, since the conservatorship ended, she's been posting things, you know, and sharing thoughts about mm-hmm. her life. Her big thing today is um, my my family should be in jail for what they did to me. Oh, Thank yeah. you guys for saving me the Free right. Britney movement. Yeah. And anyway, I, I, I hate it. There's, she's so talented, man. She you know? is. And 40 is an interesting line you cross in life, in a normal life, because you, right. get, you cross that line and you start seeing things you should be seeing things a different way because of your life experience. Right. You know, and her life experience has not been normal. Even under conservatorship, it has not been normal because she's right. had those, li- those limits on her and, and such. And it makes me wonder what's coming for Brittany after 40. Mm. Wow. Now I just want to go in the corner and cry for her. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I just gave somebody a great idea for a movie. Where's my money? liferadio.fm the mark and max show with the soundtrack for your life all day long and uh, we hope you enjoy it hopefully you're sharing it with a friend just tell them check it out liferadio.fm because you know when when the story says new zealand woman held hostage by a possum (laughs) you know right away you you can't miss this mark this is a story that should go viral you know well if you live in alabama it's like well, so <laughs> that tastes like chicken. A New Zealand woman had to call the police for help when she found herself being held hostage by a possum in her home. The University of Otago postgraduate student said she was unpacking her car at her home in Dunedin's Northeast Valley when she felt something run up her leg. She said, I pulled it off of me thinking it was a cat. Then I saw it was a possum. The woman said she fled into her house, and every time she tried to go outside, the possum would reappear and charge at her. Animal control officers referred her to police, but the woman said she was having trouble getting through to the police station. So she called the emergency number to report, I'm being held hostage by a possum. <laughs> oh my! Sergeant Craig Dennison said an officer arrived at the woman's home and was speaking with her through a window when the possum climbed his leg. <laughs> The officer yeah. was able to stun the possum using the beam of his flashlight, and the animal was placed in a box and some with some dried pet food. Dennison said the officer relocated the possum to an area far from the woman's home. 
The sergeant said the possum's behavior was unusual and theorized the animal may have been formerly kept as a pet or may have just recently been separated from its mother. Oh, he's going to psychoanalyze the possum. Wow. Stunned, the possum whisperer. <laughs> stunned by the beam of the flashlight. Here in Alabama, they yeah. wouldn't have used the beam. They would have used the handle of the flashlight to stun the possum. <laughs> I, unless, I, I'm just guessing here, but if it was Alabama, mm-hmm. the term flashlight would have been changed to 12 gauge. <laughs> LiveRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show where, Mark, I got to be honest, in the last story about the uh, woman being held hostage by, by a possum. Yes. Okay, two things that got me on that, just FYI. Don't we spell possum differently? We spell like opossum? Mm, I think that's the correct spelling, but the pronunciation okay. here in the South has always been possum. Okay. And held hostage. Wouldn't that require somebody writing a note demanding something, you know? <laughs> I mean, your money or your life kind of thing, you know, <laughs> send me a hundred dollars or I want my own tree to hang from by my tail right. or this woman gets it. <laughs> there you go. So anyway, I, it just kind of caught me. I wanted to ask and there we are. All right. Hey, you're right. Now, Mark, I have actually uh, never been to Las Vegas me either. Okay. And, uh, I don't. I know a lot of people that have gone, and I don't have a problem with anybody going there. There's a lot of things you could do. Uh, we were talking earlier about Britney Spears. Uh, she actually had a uh, show that was on, you know, mm-hmm. in Vegas yeah. for a long time. And, yeah. I mean, there's, you know, it is, the according to Vegas Vacation, it's a family destination. <laughs> oh, you know, yeah. it's a place where the whole family can go. And Yeah. <laughs> well, more so now than it ever has been because they've had right. to do a lot of cleaning up. But, you know, yeah. still. Well, once they got the mob out of there, you know. It was like, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Nudge, so. nudge, wink, wink. Yeah, they got the right. mob out of there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I remember seeing somebody. Who was it? Oh, it was Debbie Reynolds. <laughs> talking about going back wow. in the past. Talking wow. about working Vegas back in the day right back, oh, wow. back when the mob ran things and she said a young lady could actually walk from one hotel to another walk from wherever they're performing to you know blocks away to the hotel they were staying in or whatever you know they could go anywhere mm-hmm. and not be afraid because right. the mob ran everything oh yeah and if the mob didn't want you you know the uh, <laughs> approaching young ladies they would make it known to you in a way that you would never forget <laughs> So oh, wow. she, she always she always felt self safe in vegas when the mob hmm. ran it not so much wow. anymore but when the mob ran it she felt safe well you know <laughs> um vegas you know like every other like many parts of our nation in the uh, late 50s and early 60s was a house divided in terms of race you know mm. that uh uh they they just did not allow um black performers to stay oh, in the yeah. hotels on the street. Yeah, they would yeah. have to stay across town on, on the other side yeah. uh, in the hotels. And uh, do you know who broke that down and actually changed it for good? Um, Frank Sinatra. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, because yeah. of Sammy because Davis Jr. Sammy yeah. Davis Jr. Right, yeah, yeah, he would perform, but then uh, he would ha- he wasn't allowed to stay or he was not even allowed in the casino right. only to perform. But after that, he would have to go and wait out by the pool until his next show. Yeah. And, uh, anyway, that's, that's how that all changed. But yeah. uh, I think it was, uh, Sammy Davis Jr. Was on his way home from Vegas. I think, uh, when he had the car wreck that mm. cost him his eye. Mm. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. All right. So anyway. the reason we're talking about Vegas, it, apparently, uh, there's more to do than, you know, just 
gamble and scream, shows. Hey, yeah, yeah, before you leave, you know, <laughs> because Vince Vaughn and yeah. uh, the fat guy, uh, John Favreau, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Vince Vaughn and the fat guy coming yeah, soon to a theater a near then. you. <laughs> well, see, John, well, you remember when they were in Rudy, John Favreau played D-Bob, the fat yeah, guy. Yeah. But by the time he was doing swingers, he had lost weight and was trying to be a leading man. And right. Anyway, yeah. so there you go. And now all the I Star, apologize. And now me. all the Star Trek geeks can thank him for everything that's coming out, pretty much. because John Favreau? I think so, yeah. Okay, um, well, we'll get into that later. Yeah, later on. Right yeah. now, yeah. we've got police doing something in vegas on the strip they're cracking down on something they're cracking down on it i tell you you'd be amazed what happens on on the strip in las vegas illegal selling of turtles can now be added to the list of odd things tourists can witness on the las vegas strip Titles. I like turtles. On Sunday, Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department Captain Dory Corrin shared a video of officers encountering a group of people standing on the strip selling what looks to be baby turtles. Later, later in the video, police discovered that the group was storing all the turtles in a compact suitcase. <laughs> what you got in a suitcase turtles uh toward the end of the video police said to have rescued the turtles from the suitcase it was unclear what exactly happened to the baby turtles and if the turtle sellers were fined mark like baby turtles who goes to the las vegas strip to buy <laughs> illegal turtles <laughs> who souvenir, does this souvenir turtles <laughs> got them all you know if that's your thing Buy them anywhere and just say you bought them on the strip in Vegas. I mean, they don't come with a stamp of approval like, you know, from, you know what? Go to Little Caesar's Pizza and there's your, you know, Caesar's Palace thing. And, you know, mm -hmm. take your turtle and put it in the box and you're done. I don't get this. Who goes to Vegas and buys a turtle? And who thinks selling turtles is a good idea anyway? I mean, where's your marketing thought for that? I mean, aren't the, I think they're illegal anyway. You can't you can't buy turtles in pet stores anymore and haven't been able Why? to for a long time. They they really? carry some sort of a uh, some sort of a disease and, and yeah yeah and they had enough people get. I think actually hmm. I think it's salmonella. Oh I think it, no, it was something bizarre that they had that you could get from those little baby turtles. And when I was a kid, you used to be able to buy these little baby green yeah. turtles in the in the. They were yeah. a big part of the movie Rocky, Mark. Yes, exactly. But you can't buy them anymore. And Link, right? So you can't anymore. So these guys got busted. Wow. There you, you know what? I can imagine buying any number of things on the strip in Vegas, but not a baby turtle. Counterfeit money, <laughs> drugs, right. turtles. Yeah, we're cracking down on turtles. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm. It is the Mark and Max show where, you know, Mark, we haven't talked about the daily Bible reading that is available mm. at liferadio.fm. And I do know that this is that time of year where we're counting it down. I mean, we are, yeah. we're November 17th and we're get, we're going to go Thanksgiving, iron bowl, Christmas, new year's and boom, yep. you know, and it's going to happen in short order. It is. Fast. So yeah. as you make that plan and, and I look, I, I know we make jokes about giving up on new year's resolutions fairly mm. quickly, Yeah, but if you have, like I have done many, many years, I'm going to read the Bible. I'm going to, every day I'm going to read in Genesis to, you know, to Revelation. I'm telling you, if you'll use our daily Bible reading, it's right there broken down and you can join us. I just think it'll be fun. Okay. Wow. So, wow. That made me look what? at the calendar. It's like yeah. 35 days Dude. to Festivus. Yeah. 
<laughs> I'm glad you said that because yes. every year I forget it till the day after. Oh, we talked about it the other day and I put it on my yeah. calendar. Okay, good. <laughs> I did. Because otherwise I'll forget to pull the pole out. And next thing you know, uh huh. Yeah. It's all over. That's it. Baby. All right. Hey, happy Festivus, everyone. <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> all right. Uh, Mark, a lawyer, uh, there's a story about this man who's uh, charged in mm-hmm. a scam. Okay. Yep. But he didn't show up in court. Uh oh, that's not good. He's no, charged. This guy's an extra charge. He's charged. With, <laughs> he's charged with running a scam. He cheated a woman out of more than eighty thousand dollars. But he missed a recent court date. He was supposed to be rearrested. But his attorney says that's going to be kind of tough because his client has been dead for months. Uh-huh. So he claims. Uh, Johnny Massey's attorney told state's attorneys in June that he'd received a death certificate saying his client died from complications of malaria in the Democratic Republic of Congo, where he what? has he has family there. The Connecticut Post reported the police and federal authorities had been unable to confirm the authenticity of the death certificate. Masesa and others are charged scamming in a, a Connecticut woman out of $83,000 by posing as representatives of the publisher's clearinghouse sweepstakes. Oh, no. <laughs> the woman told authorities someone called her and said she was in the running for a prize but needed to transfer money in order to claim it. Uh-huh. Uh, it's an old scam, yeah. yeah. Some of the money wound up in an account under Masesa's name, according to authorities. The 45-year-old Masesa, who was arrested in 2019 and pleaded not guilty and posted a $25,000 bond using a Florida address, he was... Uh, he was scheduled in court on November 4th, but didn't appear. Supervisory Assistant State's Attorney Howard Stein told the newspaper the death certificate was written by hand and appeared to have several spots where corrections were made with correction fluid. Wow. How do you spell dead? Oh, nuts. Wow. Stein said he didn't suspect Attorney Douglas Rudolph of wrongdoing, and Rudolph said he has been unable to reach the doctor listed on the death certificate. Of course. Judge Peter Brown ordered Masesa rearrested and held on a $100,000 bond if he appears. <laughs> Masesa's two co-defendants have court dates scheduled. Wow. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't come. I'm dead. <laughs> I'm just thinking about Mrs. Epstein having to write a story. You know? <laughs> The Mark and Mac Show. LifeRadio.fm, The Mark and Mac Show. And hey, a little sidebar if you were listening during okay. last break, and I referenced Epstein's mom. Oh, yeah. Um, that's from Welcome Back, Cotter. <laughs> yes. <Just>, yeah. <laughs> And well, I was when you said you mentioned Epstein's mom, and I and the first thing I thought was was um, we have fond memories of Welcome Back, Cotter. You know, we really do. Uh, Epstein and his his excuses written all 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 of them signed Epstein's mother. You know, <laughs> and and the sweat hogs and all of the stuff that went on there. And I have a feeling that if you went back and watched those episodes now, you'd go, "Hmm, that's mildly amusing." You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember it was banned in Boston. You know? It was because, you know, because they, something rec- made them ban it in Boston. Oh, and that oh, is what probably up your nose with a rubber hose. Yeah. I can't remember, yeah. but mm-hmm. you know, anyway, little things like that, that help us a, a show. And, you yeah. know, back when you only yeah. had three networks, you know, or I mean, basically mm-hmm. three channels on TV Yep, and there you go. But the biggest thing was, you know, that John Travolta was the breakout star. Yeah. And, you know, he ends up doing Saturday Night Fever and Grease yeah. and 
just explodes. But there's a movie in there. You know, his he we had uh, Saturday Night Fever, Grease, and Urban Cowboy. People mm. tend to remember those movies kind of back to back to back, right? Yeah. He was actually in a, another movie in between all that. Oh. And I'm not talking about the TV movie Bubble Boy, you know. <laughs> okay. All right. It's a movie called Moment by Moment hmm. where John Travolta stars with Lily Tomlin. Holy moly. Yeah. And I can't remember where I saw this. It was one of these little things probably that got me on. Uh, um, oh, you know, the, the videos that pop up on YouTube. There you go. And, you know, they catch your attention where, you know, you won't believe this movie or whatever. Right, yeah. Movies that made us great, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Anyway, I just, one of those little weird moments and gotcha. I thought, wow, you know. Wow. Yeah. And it was a huge flop. Uh, well. Made, yeah, I know. Well, I he, just st he still got paid, you know. but Well, of course he did. <laughs> yeah. It was, if you remember, do you remember Robert Stigwood? That mm, name, does that sound familiar? No, it doesn't. No. Okay. Mm -mm. I'm old, so I'm going <laughs> to <laughs> All right. Robert Stigwood owned RSO. Okay. Robert and anyway, the bottom line is Brian Epstein. Now, when I say that name, you know who I'm talking about, right? Yeah, the name rings up very, very loud. Brian, yeah. the Beatles manager. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, we were just talking about Epstein's mother. Okay, so. Yes. Oh, yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> Ding. Dong. All right, so <laughs> Brian Epstein was the Beatles manager, uh -huh. and when the Beatles, you know, exploded, he became a star. He became a known commodity. Right. And so he started managing others. Epstein. Uh, yeah, Brian Epstein. And he formed his own company that managed artists and things like that. Well, Robert Stigwood was this Australian young man who was working for Epstein. He had risen in the ranks and he was like number two at the company. Hmm. Well, Epstein passed away in his sleep and it was out of the blue. And they needed a new head of the company, and that became Robert Stigwood. Robert Stigwood is the guy who, in the 70s, gave us the Bee Gees, uh, Eric Clapton's comeback album. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, you can blame him for that horrible Sgt. Pepper's movie mm. with the Bee Gees and Peter Frampton. Okay, yeah. Um, anyway, Robert Stigwood signed John Travolta as a TV star to a three-year con, a three-picture deal. Wow! And back then, it was like a million dollars. Okay, and you got so you got this TV star, and back then you TV or you either did TV or movies. You didn't do both. You know, they just didn't have that usually. People yeah. didn't, and a lot of times the star of a hit TV show would not do well crossing over into films. They right. would flop. Yeah. Anyway, so Stigwood signed John Travolta to the three-picture deal. First one was Saturday Night Fever. The second one was Greece. The third one, moment by moment. Oh, gosh. I'm thinking. <laughs> the thing is that, that these stars, even today, they get signed into these deals where they'll do a film or <clears throat> with, uh, with some company. And uh, I'm sorry about that. They'll do a film with some company, and uh, that company will, will sign them in and get them to agree to do something f in the future for them. We need right. you to do X number of promotional things or whatever and nowadays you will see people doing promos tv promos who are movie stars people who are have been in movies and they're doing movie promos for bizarre stuff and disney's really good good at that the the promos that they have right now for their uh, the disney streaming service the disney plus thing they have this guy in them uh the the, the streamer 
That's his his thing. He's on a, he's like he's on streams in a canoe, camping by streams, things like that. And he's talking about this streaming service. It's a really dumb idea, but it's Dave Batista, Batista, who was in the even the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy movies, and he's been in a bunch of other things as well. And now he's doing promotions for Disney Plus with a beard, a fake beard, <laughs> sitting by a campfire by a stream. He's the streamer talking about how wow. great the streaming service is. And I'm um, thinking, I'm thinking, I bet he has his agent shot. You know. <laughs> <laughs> LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mag show, and uh, really a pleasure to be here. We appreciate you guys joining us, and uh, in our quest to keep you informed, entertained, and knowledgeable about all things happening in the world today, <laughs> authorities have ID'd the man behind the infamous 52-year-old bank heist. Wow. After more, yeah. than, after more than 50 years, the man responsible for one of the most notorious bank robberies in Ohio history has been identified. Theodore John Conrad was only 20 years old when he robbed the Society National Bank in Cleveland on July 11th, 1969. Uh, Conrad worked as a teller at the bank. Ah, okay. And uh, and on the day of the robbery, he stashed $215,000, around $1.7 million in today's value, in a paper bag and simply walked out the door. Because the robbery happened on a Friday, the bank was not aware of anything amiss until the following Monday morning. When they mm-hmm. checked the vault and found the money was gone. Conrad, unsurprisingly, didn't show up for work that Monday. He had a two-day head start on law enforcement and managed to avoid capture for 52 years. It wasn't until earlier this month that U.S. Marshals based in Cleveland discovered that a man named Thomas Randell was, in fact, Conrad. Huh. Randell lived in Linfield, Massachusetts, and had been living in a suburban neighborhood since the 1970s. Until he died of lung cancer in May at the age of 71. The marshals said they made the discovery after matching paperwork that Conrad had filled out in the 1960s with documents that Randell had filled out later in life, including a 2014 filing for bankruptcy. (laughs) According to the marshals, Conrad's heist was inspired in part by the 1968 Steve McQueen film, The Thomas Crown Affair. The movie follows a high-powered businessman who pulls off a bank heist for the fun of it. Ah, Conrad watched the movie half a dozen times the year before the robbery. After watching the movie, he told his friends he believed it would be easy to rob a bank, and he planned to do so. His friends never believed him at the time. One friend, Russell Metcalf, uh, said he even had lunch with Conrad the day of the robbery. In Massachusetts, Conrad began a new life as a car salesman and taught golf lessons. He got married, too, and and had a child. Wow. Yeah. And... Got away with it. Yeah, pretty much. He did. But he still, okay, he got $200,000. Yeah. Back in 69, right? Yes. I wonder, was it worth it? You know, for real, living hmm. your life, always looking over your shoulder. Yeah. Was it worth it? That That's the one thing I'd like to ask him. Mm. I mean, he got away with it. Yeah. I wonder if he did he do anything else. Mm-hmm. Can they tie him to other bank robberies now? Well, that should be interesting. Yeah, that I mean be that. Interesting. Yeah, and and how is it that because he died what in two thousand fourteen? Mm-hmm. Isn't that what it said? Okay, um, mm-hmm. and he was seventy one. No, when he, he no, he died. In, um, oh, he filed for bankruptcy. He filed for bankruptcy. In he died okay. in uh, sometime in yeah yeah 
in May. Any, this any May, way you look he, at he died it. in May this year. Right. Yeah. What I was trying to get at is that things have changed enough over the last however many years, you know, from an identification standpoint, I'm surprised that there didn't come back. You know, the 2014 mm-hmm. uh, bankruptcy. Yeah. That could, should have led to uncovering his true identity. Mm. But he must have done a really good job. Yeah. I'm not suggesting that other, you know, criminals should copy it, but. Right. You know. I, can, I, I think I could see how that could get, uh, they get under the radar when it might have shown up and then and then not been pertinent to what they were focused on at the time, yeah. you know? Right. And then somebody comes back to it later and says, oh, yeah, you remember? <laughs> and then they start looking into it and realize, oh, we've got him. And then they go find out he's dead. You know? He's the daggone chief of police. What the heck? <laughs> <laughs> liferadio.fm the mark and max show and you know a couple minutes ago had the story of the guy who robs a bank in 69 and and they don't solve the crime until after he's dead yeah and which again i don't know if he really and truly got away with it we're gonna have to dig a little deeper and see if he's a suspect in any other bank robbery but you've got a long line a long period of time in between the bank robbery and his death Slash solving of the crime. Right. Better than 50 so, years. Yeah. Uh, when you've got a woman meeting her birth family 45 years after going missing, I'm thinking, wow. really? 45? That's it? <laughs> I mean, you could have gone a couple more years. I mean. Couldn't you have waited? Yeah. Come on. <laughs> a big round number like 50. That would have been. Well, her whole life, 47-year-old didn't. Well, she couldn't have waited any longer. She's only 47. Right. I know. I, I just was making a joke about the time in between. That's all. Okay. Her, her whole life, 47-year-old Denise McCarty thought she she was abandoned as a baby. Turns out she actually got lost at a busy and crowded outdoor market in South Korea. And her birth family has been searching for her ever since. Wow. Then, Wait a, a minute. That's nutty. Yeah, that is crazy. Then a year ago, McCarty, who's lived in Vermont since being adopted by an American family in 1976, took a DNA test and discovered her family. After a very emotional virtual reunion last year, McCarty traveled to South Korea in September to meet her birth family in person. On her trip, she met her mom, aunts, uncles, cousins, nieces, and nephews, and in-laws. McCarty says that during her 12-day visit, she and her family feasted during a traditional Korean holiday, laughed and joked around, and celebrated her birthday, which she celebrated with her twin. Wow. The best gift, McCarty says she's thankful her mother finally got the peace of mind she's been searching for for four decades. McCarty plans to visit her Korean family once a year. Okay, Mark. (laughs) Remember the movie Joe Dirt? Yes. They went to the Grand Canyon and he got lost. (laughs) I'm beginning to think, I'm spitballing here, but they were going, hey, we got two. They're identical. They're a little expensive. You know? That's just wrong. That is so I mean, wrong. It's funny, but it's wrong. I'm Oh man, I'm How long exactly did you look for him? You're in the one place we didn't look. liferadio.fm the market max show and uh, the soundtrack for your life playing all day long off air we were talking about the moulet and you know the mullet <laughs> well it's because you mentioned joe dirt and, yeah and it made me think of the other night when i went to pick up the uh, the the 
extremely cheap table saw that I picked that I bought off of yeah. Facebook Marketplace. And Jane and I stopped at this little Chinese restaurant that we've eaten at before and kind of you know you ever eat someplace one time and it comes right off your list no not going back there again it was the only place that was open on a monday night seriously the only place we could buy anything in this little town that's far away from our house and uh so we went and ate there and you know how it is when you you see something and then it hits you wait a minute did i just see what i think i saw and sure enough as as this family had come in and walked by our table to be seated and it didn't really register with me what I saw until after the kid walked back by me again. Right. He's like eight to 10 years old and got him a really winter mullet going on. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> and I know the mullet is back in style. You know, we've had this talk about you guys going to the, the, yeah. the, 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 yeah. co- the country fair or whatever it was. It's just like, wow. <laughs> I didn't realize how big the mullet is, but I'm seeing them everywhere. I mean, everywhere mm. now. And I thought mm. I thought the the mullet had died a wonderful death at some point where people said no no not doing that anymore. It's still like don't do that. You look ridiculous. I thought yeah. I thought it had been relegated to that class, but apparently not. Mm. It's back with a vengeance. <laughs> yeah, and it's sad because it's not like the mullet was a good thing. You know, no, no. no. Kind of like bell bottom pants when they yeah. talk about those things are coming back. It's like what I was thinking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just. There's a guy who's uh, who works for uh, Gatorland down in Orlando. It's a it's uh, it was started back. The place was opened in 1947. It's been there forever, right? It's it's like a nature park place. And uh, I was I was watching their videos a while back, and he he decided to start growing out a mullet, and everybody gave him some grief. And now it's it's a mullet. It's there, <laughs> you know. He's got it going on for good, and his 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 hair. He's got it shaved really, or not shaved, but he's got it cropped really close on the sides. And then down low in the back, and then he's got the long hair coming from like the top of his head down, and short hair in the front. It's the party in the front, you know. It's a business in the front, party in the back. But it's almost like he's got a fade haircut, you know, where you can see your scalp. But he's got a mullet too, and, and he's working. He's got it pulled up. He's got it pulled up in a bun on the back of his head because he's trying to keep the hair off of his neck because it's hot. Right. And I'm thinking, dude. <laughs> Just don't. That's like the worst of all things. It's the mullet and the man bun together. <laughs> and neither one of those things is good. You put them both together, you just, you lost your man card completely. I'm but he's sorry. using, he's using the bun to, you know, as a comb over for the bald spot. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show. And, you know, as we uh, go through our day, both Mark and I are constantly looking at news stories. I, I mean, I don't know if everybody does that, Mark. I know you and I do. And because during the day, I'll occasionally get a text from Mark about a story or whatever. Yeah. And, I'm, you know, it's like if I, I don't know what it would be like to be waiting in line at a store and not have my phone, you know, looking at something. <laughs> I know that's bad, but I'm surprised there's not a 12 step program. You know, I'm yeah. there actually is Mark. <laughs> But I, mean, I can't really phones. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's what I'm talking about. There is. Really? You know? it's, yes. Wow. There, yeah. But the thing that gets me is I get really frustrated when I'm in line. There are certain stores that they don't have good cell service. And hmm. because they're like, I'm, a, I'm not knocking Dollar General. I shop at Dollar General every oh, yeah. day. Yeah. But they're metal buildings. And sometimes you don't get good signal in there. If you're in a weak and, zone, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. that's a death knell for your signal. Yeah. Yeah. And so anyway, 
that's the one store that I just cannot get a signal, and and it gets frustrating. But anyway, and I just used the term death knell. Where's yeah, my bro? What is going wow. on here? <laughs> I was going to just blow by it, but I said it and then thought, what did I just say? <laughs> I know. But the one thing that I don't do is I don't have a lot of apps on my phone mm. um, for social media, like TikTok. I don't have that app on my phone. I know what it is. Yeah. I just, I don't have it. So right, when a story yeah. pops up, military dad disguises himself as a buck. <laughs> a video posted to TikTok by user Hannah Joe Hosick. Yeah, is that his real name? Um, I think that's probably a she. Hannah well, Joe Hosick. Yeah. Yeah. It shows well, how Mark, she, she helped pull, she helped pull okay. off the ultimate surprise for her grandparents when she told them that she'd just shot a big buck and then led him out to her truck to take a look at her prize. As they walked to the truck, you can see the deer's antlers sticking out up, up above the truck bed. Okay. But when the grandparents looked inside, it wasn't a 12 point buck they saw. It was their son and Hannah's dad dressed in camo and holding up a pair of antlers home from a 12 month deployment. Oh, it was a surprise. Okay. Okay. For a moment wow. there, it's like she shot her dad. I'm I'm thinking this has a lot of bad ways to go. You know. Hey, look what I just bagged, Dad. The rest of the story, as Paul Harvey would say, and both parents were so excited they had heart attacks and died. Boom. But um. Oh no. You should never ever surprise your aged grandparents. You know. Uh, you got to guess they're getting up there. I mean, you've got a girl old enough to. You know, mm, I mean, yeah. we're talking 80s, 90. I mean, <laughs> be my luck. Yeah, that'd be about right. LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mag Show, and uh, a headline that screams, Girl, <laughs> Teddy Bear, Reunited. Uh-huh. Thinking of peaches and herb here. <laughs> Reunited, yes. Yep. A little girl who lost a special teddy bear she'd had since being adopted from an Ethiopian Ethiopian orphanage. Wow. Thought it was gone forever when she forgot it along a trail in Glacier National Park last year. But well, thanks- honey, if it had been really important to you, it wouldn't have left him behind. <laughs> oh, man. Thank you, heartless dad. But thanks <laughs> to perseverance and a bit of luck, the teddy bear is back in the arms of six-year-old Naomi Pascal of Jack in Jackson, Wyoming. Teddy was the first gift Ben and Addie Pascal sent to Naomi before she was adopted in 2016. She took Teddy with her on family trips to Ethiopia, Rwanda, Croatia, and Greece. When Pascal, My goodness. Yeah, she's Those a well-traveled Those are a couple kid. of the most dangerous places yes, on planet Earth. I know. Holy moly. <laughs> when Pascal took his kids to Montana in October of 2020, Teddy was once again along for the adventure. He was accidentally dropped on a trail, and by the time the family realized Teddy was gone, it was too late. It snowed overnight, making it impossible to find Teddy. The original story of Lotso Huggin' Bear. <laughs> it wasn't too long before Ranger Tom Mazarisi spotted the stuffed bear soaking wet and sitting in melting snow while he and two others were doing some end-of-season work. Teddy hibernated in Mazarisi's cabin, and when Mazarisi returned to work in April of this year, he immediately put him on the dash of his patrol, patrol, truck, uh, patrol truck. That's the word. Teddy had a busy spring and summer tagging along with Mazarisi. In late September, a family friend returned to Glacier for some hiking and photography and spotted a bear on the dash of a ranger's truck. 
Unfortunately, the ranger's truck was locked. It was Mazarisi's day off, and another ranger who was working on the trail had the keys. They left a note on the vehicle and found other rangers. They knew about the bear, confirmed where it had been, uh, been found, and soon returned Teddy to Hayden along wow. with a junior park ranger badge and a ranger hat. Wow. The family friend shipped the bear to Naomi. Wow. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> Would have been better if that bear had been tied to the grill, you know, in the front of the car, but, you know, sweet story. LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Max show, and we were just yammering on, okay, about just different things, and... Mark's talking about having to get his hair cut and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I made a joke about our buddy Rusty cutting his own hair. This is something he has done for... It's like, there are certain people who have no problem doing that, okay? Cut your own hair. Yeah. And yet, for me absolutely not i don't i i'm not gonna cut my own hair especially nowadays but i remember you know like i would get Ladonna or hannah to cut my hair or whatever because i'm cheap Mm. and it's like when the whole covid thing hit i thought great i don't have to get my hair cut i have an excuse (laughs) just let it grow well that started driving me crazy i mean i just yeah i finally i got to the point where i just like i look in the mirror in the morning and like, wow, there's a tumbleweed with a guy under it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so you, <laughs> I'm just so like, you actually decided it's time to cut your own hair. Yeah, right? And my mom's got a set of clippers that, uh, since my stepdad passed yeah. away, she doesn't need them anymore. She said, Oh, you can have these. So I got them and I watched a handful of YouTube videos because who's going to dive into this just blind, you know? Right. You know, so I, well, thank goodness. Well, yeah, you're right. But <laughs> so I watched a few YouTube videos and showing how to cut your own hair. using and clippers and such and i thought okay i get the concept but there are actual youtube videos for this yes there are youtube how-to videos of how to cut your own hair and i gotta uh, look one of these up and so uh i watched uh, two or three of them and i thought okay i've got the concept it's going to be a little weird to begin with but i think i've got it and i actually did Mm. cut my own hair and it looked kind of (laughs) presentable and then a couple did you wash the bowl after you got done (laughs) shut up and the uh and literally literally within 48 hours i got a text from the girl who cuts my hair and says hey we're open again when can i schedule you (laughs) yeah i got a bald spot that didn't exist before i sat down in the chair and i said i need to warn you she said oh no you cut your own hair i said yes (laughs) ma'am Gonna take some time to fix this, Mark. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, there's an extra charge for do-it-yourselfers. LiveRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show. And Mark, was it yesterday that I sent you, uh, late yesterday afternoon, I sent you a picture of a uh, squirrel that looks like a skunk? Um, yes, that, uh, okay. I forget the name of it. Yeah. It was some kind of rare thing I'd never seen before. And I just sent it to you, you know, it was like, what a weird, you know, yes, it's, it, called it's a, like a if, piebald square P I E B A L D piebald. Yeah. It's a piebald and it squirrel. looks like a, it looks like a skunk. It does. And it's really weird. If, yeah. If I saw Pepe Le Pew hanging from my tree, I'm running, man. Yeah. So anyway, just one of those rare animal things. Okay. Yeah. Odd well, stuff. there's a rare a rare penguin mm-hmm. wandered nearly 2,000 miles. Yeah, it did. Uh, nearly 2,000 miles from Antarctica to New Zealand. And um, the penguin's got a name now. It's named Pingu, P-I-N-G-U, Pingu. The locals named him. He's just the third uh, Adelaide penguin ever found in New Zealand. The breed lives only on the Antarctic Peninsula. And mm-hmm. that's at least 1,864 miles away from New Zealand. Wow. 
Now, Harry Singh, he's walking with his wife on the beach south of Christchurch when they, they come across this exhausted animal. Singh called, <laughs> he called penguin rescuers. There's a number for penguin rescuers. Just know oh, that. Oh, my word. They revived Peng, uh, Pingu, and they plan to release him on a beach free of dogs. Which okay. is important, I would think. Wow. I'm just thinking, what was he looking for? You know? <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't matter what you're looking wow. for. You find a penguin. Hello. <laughs> but how did he escape Antarctica? Because I hmm. thought, you know, because the underground stuff and the, you know, <laughs> what animal bird found in the... Th- I'll tell you what. Here you go. You want ha- you want some fun today? As we're wrapping up the show today, I don't here's what you got to do. <laughs> go and just do a search of Admiral Bird YouTube, okay? Right. And watch him talking about these amazing trips he took to Antarctica. He was on TV in the 50s sharing these stories of what he saw, what he found. And, you know, you heard about the undersea world of Jacques Cousteau. Right. This is the under under. This is under Antarctica stories from Admiral Byrd. Okay. I'm telling you, man, you it's all ice and everything else on the top. But down below, it's like spring and summer all year mm. long with UFOs flying overhead. Wow. And, and Starbucks I mean, everywhere. Yeah, I got it. Begin your day with a smile. The Mark and Mac Show, weekday mornings only on liferadio.fm.